you for joining us for another podcast from Covenant Community Church. And now, today's message from Senior Pastor John Lofton. I want to preach from the subject today, a generation in transition. A generation in transition. When you get there, say, I have it. So I'm going to go ahead and start reading, even though you might still be turning there. Joshua chapter 24, verse 13 says, Now therefore fear the Lord, serve him in sincerity and in truth, and put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the river and in Egypt. Serve the Lord. Say that with me. Serve the Lord. Come on, say it with me. Serve the Lord. Serve the Lord. Verse 15 says, And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose yourselves this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Hallelujah. Somebody say amen for that one. Amen. So the people answered and said, far be it from us that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. So in other words, the people, they looked at Joshua and they said, Joshua. Man, if you're going to be that way, we're going to be that way too. That's what they said. I said, that's what they said. Joshua, if you go, hey, we got your back, Joshua. Somebody said, that's what he said. Okay, that's what they said. All right, we'll come back to that. Verse 17, for the Lord our God is he who brought us and our fathers up out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage who did those great signs in our sight and preserved us in all the way that we went and among all the people through whom we passed. So let's go to Judges real quick here, and I'll tie this in. Judges uh, chapter 2, verse 7. Judges chapter, just turn right in your Bible, or if you on your phone, just do what you do. <laughs> Tap it. <laughs> Amen. So Judges chapter 2, verse 7 says, So the people served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders who outlived Joshua, who had seen all the great works of the Lord, which, had done, which he had done for Israel. Verse 8, Now Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died when he was 110 years old. And they buried him within the border of his inheritance at Timnath Hariz, in the mountains of Freem, on the north side of Mount Gosh, verse 10, when all that generation had been gathered to their fathers, another generation arose after them who did not know the Lord, nor the works which he had done for Israel. Father, thank you for the reading of your word. Father, I ask you to give me wisdom. Give me wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of who you are. So that I can give your people the message that is right for this season. Thank you, Father, for your word. Let my tongue be the pen of a ready writer to write on the hearts of this here, your people. In Jesus' name, amen. Hashtag get back on track. So let me kind of pull this together for you. At the end of Joshua's life, he challenged his generation to make a choice in whom they would serve. This was not the time to be double-minded, unstable, unbalanced, unprincipled, or unfaithful. There comes a time in everyone's life when we all will have to make 
a decision. And that decision may be determined by your upbringing, some of the tradition that you've been through, maybe some of the churches that you've been to, or worse yet, based on your peers. So if your peers are not following God, then they're going to try to convince you not to follow God. If your peers do follow God, then more than likely your peers are going to try to convince you to follow God as well. But let's go beyond our peers. Let's go up to leadership. Because leadership, everything rises and falls on leadership. Make sure you keep that in mind as we go forward. Write this down. We cannot afford to allow politics, pundits, social media rants, racial bigotry, or lukewarm, diaphanous Christian messages to deter us from standing on the truth. Now, that was a mouthful. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. I'm not going to allow politics or pundits and people trying to tell me what I should be doing. I'm not going to allow social media to determine whom I am going to serve. And at some point as a Christian, we all have to make those decisions. You're going to have to decide, well, who are you going to serve? Are you going to serve God? Are you going to serve yourself? Or worse yet, are you going to serve a substitute? God with a little g. Now, one of the biggest things that I have the biggest pain about is that right there, lukewarm, diaphanous Christian messages. I am concerned when a pastor cannot answer a direct question when it's diametrically opposed to the scriptures. Why y'all so quiet? Why y'all quiet now? Don't get quiet. Can I get an amen? Oh, okay, all right, make sure you're processing. So so if somebody asks me a direct question and I know that something is is, is really against the Scriptures, I don't have to walk all around my my knee to get to my elbow to try to explain what that means. I just have to go to the Bible and say, well, this is what the Bible says. Okay, the Bible says that if you are a a, a habitual liar, that's sin. So if somebody asks me, "Uh, Pastor, is lying a sin? Yes. Is it in the Bible? Oh, yeah. Can you show it to me? Oh, absolutely, I can show it to you in like five places. Right, right, okay. So, so okay, let me, let me go on in there. Since I'm out there, let me go on in there. Let me go. You know, you know me, you know me. So, so, so the, they don't even like to hear this word anymore. Fornication. They don't even want to talk about that word. Wait, wait, baby, I don't know, Pastor. Y'all, I was talking about fornication. I don't know. Y'all speaking tongues or something. No, fornication is a word. It means having sex outside of marriage. Right? God says... It's a sin. So if you ask me, Pastor, what people, sex outside of marriage, how do you feel about it? It's sin. Yes, it's sin. I didn't write the book. Oh, oh, okay. Y'all didn't like that one? Uh, uh, all right. Well, let me, since I'm out there, let me keep on going. All right. So, so, so if somebody comes to me and, and say, Pastor, you know, I'm married, but my wife just ain't kicking it with me. You know, we just got some issues, you know, we just can't connect, you know what I'm saying? I got this little hottie on my job, you know, she keep hollering at me, you know, who do <laughs> You know, I got knees, Pastor, I'm a man, you know what I'm saying? I got knees, I got to get my knees met, and if my wife ain't doing it, then I, I should be okay, right, to go outside of a... You know, get some little thing on the side. I ain't in love with her, you know. I'm just, you know, doing something, you know. 
That, that's all right, right? No. Well, Pastor, what, what does the Bible say that is? That's sin. Okay, can you show it to me? Yep. A mm-hmm. couple places. I can go to Galatians chapter 5. I can go to Ephesians chapter 6. I can show you in a lot of different places. I can actually go to Leviticus chapter 18 too. I can show you where it is if you want to see it. So now, let me get to this. Pastor, is there anything in the Bible that says anything about the traditional marriage? Oh, yes. Yeah, it says. It's, it's in there too. So since I'm out there, let's go ahead on out there. So, Pastor, I don't understand. You know, you guys got to be more loving, da 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 you know, does the Bible really say anything about homosexuality, man being with a man, woman being with a woman? How do you feel about it? So if I ever get a chance to get on CNN or Fox or CNBC or ABC, CBS, SBC, STP, I don't care. Whatever it is, if they get me on there, my response is going to be this. It doesn't matter what you think. It doesn't matter what I think. What matters is what God said. When God says it's wrong, just like lying is wrong, sex outside marriage is wrong, fornication, that's that word, y'all know it. Right. So all sin is what? Sin. There you go. And we need to stop hyping up one sin over the other, saints of God. If you're wrong, you're wrong. Just repent and get it right. That's what's so awesome about our God. He he gives you an opportunity to get it right. I didn't do it all right, but I had to repent and try to get it right. Amen? Amen. If you got life, then there's hope. And if you're breathing, you got another chance. Somebody say amen. Amen. Write this down. I listened to Dr. Ravi Zacharias. It's, It's somebody that I think the whole church needs to listen to. The man is amazing. He said, God does not say, do what I say or I will destroy you. No, in reality, God is saying, if you don't do what I say, you will, in essence, destroy yourself. Boy, that's powerful right there. Y'all need to put that out on Facebook quick, fast, and in a hurry. That is powerful right there because God is not saying, I want you to do what I say or I'm just going to take you out. God doesn't do that. He's not that kind of God. However, if you don't follow his commands, you're going to destroy yourself. And so, so now you might be in this room and you might say, well, pastor, I'm doing all right doing it on my own. Okay, just keep going that direction. The church will be here. We'll be here. We'll be here. Because at some point, like I did, you're going to hit a wall. Because I thought I can do it all. I'm a tough Marine, got a Marine Corps. I got my own, man, I, I, I know what my destiny is, and I didn't know anything. And at some point, I hit a wall because I couldn't find answers at the bottom of that liquor bottle. And so when I bottomed out on that liquor, there was nothing else there but me and God. And unless you hit rock bottom, you don't have a clue what I'm talking about right now. Therefore, I praise this God that I serve because that's the God that got me away from this bottle. Right? So that, therefore, I don't have to prove God to anybody. Proof that I'm a pastor is a miracle. Right, Sam? Come on. If you, if you knew my lifestyle, you are looking at a walking miracle. Hello, somebody. I don't have to prove God to anybody. He's proof enough that I love you. Because otherwise, I would have cussed you out last week. That's, that's how I was. 
I mean, you're looking at a man right back here. How many times were you shot, Sam? Thirteen times. They said he would never walk. Four different occasions? <laughs> Somebody said, but God. <laughs> I ain't never been shot. I was dodging bullets. <laughs> Amen. And so, so this, this, the essence of it, guys, is God does not want you to try to do it on your own. He wants you to invite him in. No, you're not going to invite him in on everything because some of us still got some issues with inviting God in everything. But at least if you get started with some of those things that you know you can't do in your own strength, it's a start. Amen? Now, now all of us probably got some stuff that needs to be yielded to the Lord. Uh, uh, okay. All right. Oh, 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 okay. I thought I was going to make sure I'm in the right church. Yeah, now you, no, no, come on now. Y'all, you hadn't submitted everything to God. That's that one little thing. God, I'm going to hold on to that little piece. Amen. I can control that. But you have all the big stuff, but I got this one right here. God, God, I'm going to trust you for a man, but I'm going to make the decision who I want. <laughs> okay, let's get back to Joshua. Y'all, y'all getting me off my message. <laughs> let's get back to Joshua. Okay. Spiritual leaders are people who will make a definitive stand as it relates to God. Now listen, this is, this, is, this is vitally important. Pastors do not have time to be lukewarm or lackluster in preaching watered-down motivational discourses. Long gone are those days to just preach to please the people. That's why I've, I've gone away from just trying to get you all emotionally massaged. It's great. I've seen pastors that can do that. That's, that's wonderful. And there are times when the church is fully charged and everybody's on their feet. And, and I love messages like that, too. Uh, and, but, but right now, I think we are at a critical impasse in the church, and we have to get back to the gospel message. Now, when Jesus taught the gospel message, they didn't like him either. As a matter of fact, it, it sent him to a cross. Jesus said, if they persecuted me, what makes you any different? I just wanted to put this in perspective. Can I keep going? Okay. So Moses didn't preach watered-down messages. Zacharias didn't preach watered-down messages. Jeremiah didn't do it. Elijah didn't do it. Jesus didn't do it. Paul didn't do it. And Joshua didn't do it either. Joshua said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. In other words, Joshua took a position that no matter what you do, I know what I'm going to do, right? So that's what Joshua's saying. He's, he's almost drawing a line in a proverbial sand and saying, listen, you can cross over, but I'm not. Listen to me close. The culture will say, it's okay. We like doing it. We enjoy it. You might as well come on over. It should be okay because we love one another. I wouldn't disagree with that. You do love each other. Don't mind that at all. But just because God loves us doesn't mean that he approves of us. Amen. And let me just re-clarify that, reprove of, re uh, approve of what we do. He loves us, but he don't quite agree with everything that we do. Listen, I know God loves me with an unconditional love, but there are some things that I do currently in my life that I know displeases God. 
I know that. And I know what it is. Okay, since that didn't go over well, let me see if I can break it down a little bit more. So you're sitting in this room. Uh, you're here, so all of y'all have parents. Some of y'all get that going home. <laughs> you, you know you couldn't be here without parents, right? What is going on? Do we need to start back over with singing? Praise and worship something? We need to, I need to get Sister Kim and all everybody back up here. Oh, y'all, y'all, what y'all doing? Y'all processing? Yeah, okay. All right, y'all soaking it in? <laughs> okay, all right, all right. All right, well, keep soaking. So, 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 <laughs> so you got parents, right? So now, let me ask you something. Now, it doesn't matter how you felt about your parents. Even if you had a guardian, if you had a mentor or somebody who raised you, right? Now, this is a question you can answer for me. Now, when you did wrong, did you know? Now, when you did that wrong, did you know they weren't going to like it? How did you know that? They taught you better. And they say words like, because I know I do it now. I've become my parents now. I go, you should know better. Amen? Now, if your child comes home and they use some language that you know you didn't teach them in your house. And they come in the house and they just, and you say, where have you been? And who have you been talking to? See, see why? Because you know they didn't learn that language in your house. So they're bringing something foreign into your house, which means they didn't get it from you. They got it from somebody else. Right. So what are you who have you been talking to? Right now. Now, why would God be any different when when the first family in the Garden of Eden sinned? Come on. The woman took of the forbidden fruit. Nobody said it was a it didn't say it was an apple. I don't know where the apple came from. It said she took a fruit. It was a fruit. It might have been a fig because they covered up with fig leaves. But I don't know. So she took a fruit. She ate first. It's clear. But a punked out husband was standing right there. And because he failed to take responsibility in his house and tell the serpent, get out. How dare you talk to my wife? He abdicated his responsibility. And the Bible said, and he ate too. When she gave to him. So here's the deal, little wimp. So here's it. That's Adam. When I get to heaven, I hope I make it. When I get to heaven. I want to talk to Adam. You want to talk to Eve? I know it ain't going to be no fighting in heaven. I know that, right? I know it ain't going to be no pimp slapping. I know it. I know it. I know it. But, boy, I just want to talk to Adam. Look here, boy. Boy, you, you messed it up for all of us. We got to work. God said, by the sweat of your brow, you shall till the land. Man, I don't like working all this work. That's Adam. Women, women having babies and it hurts. Got some things to talk to that boy about. I got to get a meeting. <laughs> Amen. So what happened? What happened? God told them, you cannot. Listen to, listen to me close. There were two trees. You're going to learn this in my book when I, when I release it. There's two trees in the garden. And one of the trees is a tree of righteousness. And the other tree is what I call in my book the tree of mixture. Why? Because it was mixed with good and evil. It's a tree of mixture. That's where most culture eat from. It's mixing. They're trying to mix godly stuff with ungodly stuff. 
but it ain't going to mix. It's like oil and water. You can talk about it, but it ain't going to ever mix. So the title of my book is called Mixture because I'm dealing with the stuff that people are trying to bring into the church, and it ain't going to mix. Hello, somebody. So they ate from the wrong tree. Now, when they did that, God came down. The Bible said that the Spirit of the Lord came walking in the walk of the day, the Spirit of the day. So apparently the day before, they were walking together. But this day, the Bible says that the Spirit came walking. The Spirit was walking. Come on now. Was walking in the garden in the cool in the Ruach of the day. And, and, and apparently, they didn't show up. It's like, wait, wait. hey, where's my man? Where y'all at? Like they said in the ghetto, what y'all be doing? <laughs> what y'all be doing? Where y'all at? <laughs> they was in the cup. They were hiding. They were hiding. And guess what? This is what they said. They said, we were afraid. So we hid ourselves because we were naked. So God is saying, who told you that you were naked? Who have you been talking to? Because I never told you you were naked. Because before you were naked and not ashamed, now you're naked and covering up. Who you been talking to? Oh, weak rascal. Well, it's the woman that you gave me to be with. <laughs> Woo! Man, still blaming the woman. <laughs> well, God, if you had given me a better woman. No, that woman was trying to make you a better man. Oh, you keep on moving on. I said, I said, move it on, move it on, move it on. <laughs> oh, just stay right there in it. I can, I can dig now. Oh, y'all want me to dig some more? All right, let me go on up in that here. Come on with it. Because, <laughs> see, the world, the world says that submission is slavery. But, see, you can't put the world's concept, you can't put the presupposition of thinking of the world into the church. God does not see submission as slavery. He said we should be submitted one to another. And, by the way, if you're not submitted to God, you don't understand what submission is in the first place. For the Bible said the man should be submitted to God and then a woman should be submitted to the man. But if that man is not submitted to God, why should this woman be submitted to that man? Come on and talk to me, somebody. Now, 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 this is what gets me in trouble. When I start drawing a line in the proverbial saying and saying, no, that's wrong, that's unholy, this is holy. Well, Pastor, you're just, uh, that's a little narrow-minded, isn't it? (laughs) It's narrow. No, my God died for everybody. Ain't nothing narrow about that. But the Bible said he died for the whole world. There's nothing narrow about that. Here's the problem. The world doesn't want accountability. See, culture wants to do whatever they want to do because of moral relativism. See, moral relativism means that you know, something can be right for me and it don't have to be right for you. So to believe moral relativism means that you don't ex- accept absolute truth. I hope I'm not way over your head, but I want to keep it down low. So absolute truth is what they defy. The culture does not like truth. 
Why? Because they can't invent it and they can't change it. The truth is, male and female created he them. You can't recreate what the creator created. The moment you try to recreate what the creator created, it creates a perversion. Or worse yet, a counterfeit. Now, can it happen? Yes. Is it godly? No. Again, this kind of preaching gets churches in trouble. I want to get in trouble for preaching the truth. Because I tell you what, now I get a line with Apostle Paul. Now I get a line with Jesus Christ. Now I get a line with Apostle John. Not this Apostle John, but Apostle John in the Bible. <laughs> Amen? Why? It's truth, guys. You can't invent it. You can't recreate it. Sir Isaac Newton didn't invent truth. He discovered it. And everybody is going to have to discover truth. I can't make you discover truth. I can put it out there, but you're going to have to get it on your own. Hey, hello, somebody. I will say this. I refuse. And listen, guys, I was one of the biggest skeptics. I, I, just, I just, hell ain't real. I just didn't feel it was real. I was one of the biggest skeptics. But listen, what I'm not willing to do is to stake my eternal soul on a theory. Amen. Now, listen, here's the deal. Here, here's, here, let me draw that line real quick. Let me draw that line. Now, now if, if I'm wrong, then we all die and we cease to exist. Don't matter. We just go back to matter, materialism. All right? We just have a, a materialistic mind view. We just go back to materialism. We came from the Big Bang. We came from rocks, so we're going back to rocks. So the rocks are our source. At least that's what Darwinism is all about, macroevolution, that we came from dirty, dirty water, and so we've got to go back to dirty water, even though it's cause and effect. And whatever the cause is, the cause must be greater than the effect. So if, how can dirty water make a brain? See, that's why I like atheists, because they got to explain that to me. Because that's science. I'm not afraid. I love science. Science actually proves the Bible. It doesn't disprove it. But what I like to do is have a healthy dialogue about it. I'm not going to debate the word because it's true. I don't debate God. I don't have to debate God. God is true. But we can dialogue about it. And then if we can't convince each other, then we can go get a hamburger and be friends. Amen. I don't want to leave anybody as an enemy. You don't have to believe like I believe, but we can still be friends. Come on, saints. That's what's wrong with the world today. Well, if you don't believe what I believe, I, I just don't want to hang out with you. Well, that person might have something you need. You might be blocking your blessing because you don't want to hang out with a person that's quoting scripture all the time. I don't want to be around people that's always quoting scripture. It ain't real no way. I call them oversaved. Y'all know who I'm talking about? Oversaved? Y'all ever been around oversaved people? Come on now. You've been around, oh, they just oversaved? Come on, come on. They just oversaved. Let me give you an example. I was on the elevator. I'm going to work. This ain't a church thing. I'm going to work. I got my bank badge on. I'm going to work. And I say, good morning. They say, hallelujah, brother. Bless, bless, bless. I'm blessed. How you doing? I'm blessed. I'm highly favored in the Lord. I'm blessed coming in and going out. How you doing, brother? Man, I ain't, I ain't even had my coffee yet. Yeah, I'm like, I'm, I'm all right, man, but I, I got to go. I'm just going to get my coffee. I ain't. Y'all ever seen that? 
just over saved. You don't have to, you don't have to do all that shaking and ooh. You got the Holy Ghost. Ooh. All right, let's get back to the message. All right, I'm sorry. It's just the things that I go through in my little life. So Joshua said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Now, the house is a metaphor. It's a metaphor. Somebody say it's a metaphor. A metaphor is, is it represents your life. So let me, I got to tie this with some more scriptures. So I'm going to just give you these scriptures, and then we're going we're gonna to move on. So Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 says this. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine, this is Jesus, he's saying this. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them. Somebody say they got to do them. Once you hear them, you got to do them. Come on. Once you hear them. Okay. And I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on a rock. I will liken him to a man who built his house on a rock. So if the house is your life, you build your life on the rock of Christ. So, so in other words, what are you building your life upon? Is it your education? I think you should get, edu- get a good education. But just because you got education don't mean somebody going to hire you. Amen. Trust me, I know who I'm talking about. Amen. Amen. <laughs> what are you building it on? Are you building it on a relationship? That a relationship can, I'm telling you, relationships are interesting. <laughs> Amen. I've been around for a good little while. I've, it, relationships are interesting. Yes, sir. Right? Now, 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 I wouldn't want to stake my whole eternal soul on a relationship on this earth. Amen. People do get divorces, right? And, and I might be one of the only pastors who might say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Some folks need to get a divorce. Amen. I ain't lying. Before you kill each other, you need to divorce. Well, pastor, aren't you going against what the Bible says? Well, let me see if I can straighten you out. In the Old Testament, Preferably in the book of Malachi, God was addressing the leaders, the priests who were divorcing their young wives, I mean their old wives, and and going to some new wives, some younger wives, right? God says in that context, I hate divorce. But you got people who have taken that one scripture out of context, and they just use that as a general statement to say God hates divorce. So my first question to you is, are you a priest? And if you are a priest, then where's your temple? Well, the Bible says, you know, we're a royal priesthood. I'm talking about it in the natural. <laughs> You're a royal priesthood spiritually. God was not dealing with them spiritually. He was dealing with them in the natural. He said, in the natural, you're wrong. Why? Because women back then didn't have any rights. They can drop you like a hot potato, go get another hot potato. Right. And you can't say anything about it. See, Jesus gave women their rights. Jesus is the one that brought women to a whole new level. You realize that it was women who financed Jesus' ministry? It was women. Just look it up in the book of Luke. It's in there. It was women. It was the woman that had an issue of blood that walked in and touched the hem of his garment. And Jesus called her daughter brought her to a whole new level. That was unheard of by the rabbis and the Pharisees and the Sadducees because they said, you see. <laughs> All right, let's move on. You, you got that? You got it? So, so in other words, listen, whom are you going to serve? The people said, just like you, Joshua, we got your back. 
Somebody said talk is cheap. Talk is cheap. Write this down. I found this in Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes 5 and 6. This is an amazing scripture. I'm not going to get through all of this, so we're going to have a part two next Sunday. Ecclesiastes 5, 6, and 7. Check this out. Now, I'm reading this from the New Living Translation, the NLT, New Living. It's more modern, so it makes more sense. It says, don't let your mouth make you sin. Isn't that powerful? Boy, I just preach on that one next Sunday. Don't make your mouth make you sin. Come on, now your mouth is sinning. (laughs) Ha! And don't defend yourself by telling the temple messengers, that's angels, that the promise you made was a mistake. That would make God angry, and he might wipe out everything you have achieved. Talk is cheap, like daydreams and other activities. Fear God instead. Isn't that powerful? Talk. Write this down. Jesus is much more concerned about our walk rather than our talk. It is not enough for us to just say the right things. (laughs) We must do the right things. James chapter 1 verse 22 says, But be ye doers of the word, not just hearers deceiving yourselves. So I think I'm going to transition. I'm going to stop right here before I transition because What I'm getting ready to transition into is what a nation looks like when it transitions away from God. And I don't want to get into all of that because I want to get the whole thing. And then we're going to talk about what a nation looks like that transitions towards God. And the Bible talks about both. Right. So. So, well, let me wrap this up here. And we're going to this is like the introduction to this. I had no idea that this was going to be a couple of parts, but that's how God does it. Right. So, so listen, let me, let me see if I can uh, do a little recapitulation of what we just talked about. So listen, one of the things that is definitive about us as Christians, and, and you need to know this, saints of God, please, please get this in your heart today. You're going to have to decide how faithful you're going to be to God. You're going to have to decide that. How faithful are you going to be to God? It is critical that you understand that. Your faith is going to be challenged. That's where we're headed. Now, as I've been praying about all of this and where we're going, this is what I feel to tell you as a church. And God has been pretty, he's revealed a lot of stuff to us, right? And it's been right on point. So he's revealing this to me, that we as a church are going to be challenged. We are going to be challenged. And your faith is going to be challenged. Your belief systems are going to be challenged. Are you going to be ready to defend your faith? That's where it lies. Or are you going to say, well, I can't, I can't really talk about that. Well, you better talk about it. You better have it in here and know whom you serve. Amen? So that's where we're headed. Now, listen, I'm not saying all this for you to be fearful either. I'm saying all this because this is exciting for me. Right? Because we should be challenged. The problem is we don't get challenged enough. That's the problem. That's why we're ducking and hiding from the Jehovah's Witnesses. <laughs> Get down. Don't answer that door. Why are you ducking and hiding? Because they study. They have to because their whole religion is built on works. So if they don't study, then they can't make it to heaven. Plus, it's only going to be 144000 anyway. So if I was in that religion, I wouldn't make it anyway. 
Because I know I'm not going to be one of 144,000. I'm just not. I, ain't, I wouldn't make it. I want to cuss people out too much. I ain't lying. I just, I wouldn't make it. So, so listen, that means that we have to study, saints, privately. Now, there's some stuff we're going to talk about at the end about our Constitution that lets us know that the Constitution only works when people live right. So I'm going to break down our founding documents because we live in America and we're Americans and don't even know anything about our history. That's a travesty. So we're going to talk a little bit about our history because I want you to know. And where, where we, what, what, did, why? We ran from the king so that we can have freedom of religion. And now you would think our constitution says freedom from religion. Doesn't say that. It's not in there. And I'm not going to stand for it. You're not going to stand for it either, right? Amen. We hope you've been blessed by today's powerful teaching. Thank you for your continued prayers and financial support of this ministry. Visit us in person at 5805 West Highway 74 in Indian Trail, North Carolina. That's near Lowe's Hardware. Or you can find us on the web at www.changeatc3.org. That's change, C-H-A-N-G-E-A-T-C, the number three, dot org. Or call us at 704-821-7368. Covenant Community Church, where the truth is revealed.